Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. We're going to take a trip back in time on the timeline to 1935 in the National Football League. We have the history of the league, the rule changes, the best teams, and some highlights from the season that make it so special in NFL history. we got more about 1935 coming up in Football History Rewind, part number 77, in just a moment. This is the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch, a podcast that covers the anniversaries of American football events throughout history on a day-to-day basis. Your host, Darren Hayes, is podcasting from America's North Shore to bring you the memories of the gridiron one day at a time. So as we come out of the tunnel of the Sports History Network, let's take the field and go no huddle through the portal of positive gridiron history with pigskindispatch.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of pigskindispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your portal to positive football history. And welcome to another edition of Football History Rewind. We are at part number 77. And today in this episode, we're going to cover the 1935 National Football League season. Before we get into that, let's make sure you're aware of our newsletter. It comes out each and every day of the year, seven days a week, 365 a year, 366 on the leap year next year. And uh, we have it come out into your email inbox for very uh, easy access to it. It's totally free. You can cancel at any time. And what you're going to get is at 6.30 a.m. Eastern, you are going to get what's going on in sports history for that day. We're going to celebrate Hall of Famers in the four major sports of North America. We're going to talk about some of the great events that's happened that day and you know some of the big games and also have a story or two to tell you that's going to keep you interested as well as some podcasts and some stories from our friends at the sportshistorynetwork.com as well. So it's real easy to sign up for it. Go to the show notes of this very podcast or the top of Pigskin Dispatch or jerseydispatch.com. Now, the NFL was about to start its 16th season in 1935 as an organization. And it was going through to be one that was going to be remembered for change, exceptional play, and some legendary players. Now, the league fielded nine franchise teams for 1935 season as the Chicago Bears, Chicago Cardinals, Detroit Lions, Green Bay Packers, New York Giants, New York Yankees, Philadelphia Eagles, Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Washington Redskins were all set uh, to suit up in uniforms and play for the National Football League. Now, there was also, uh, they were having some things with the uh, Brooklyn Dodger team that was going to be playing for that year as well. Now, there was a couple of significant rule changes. One was the location change of the hash marks. Previously, they sat at 10 yards from each sideline, but the league rules makers wanted to see offenses open it up a little bit more. They wanted to have a little bit more room to run, so they revised the field layout to have the hash marks to be at 15 yards inside each sideline, so they narrowed them where the ball would start towards closer to the center of the field. And uh, 
each uh, hash mark, as they were called, the inbounds lines, uh, some call them, did just that, becoming the ball spot inbounds for the next down that had to become dead out of bounds or between and has the sideline. And now this rule of 15 yards lasted, uh, you know, another nine years or so, 1944, I believe. They went to 20 yards inside. And then sometime in the late 60s, early 70s, I'm not sure exactly when, they went so that the hash marks in the National Football League are the exact width of the goalposts apart from each other, which is about 18 and a half yards or so uh, in there. So it got narrower and narrower as the decades went on. Now the intention, like we said earlier, was just to give those offenses more room to work and improve scoring opportunities so a team could run to either side with great efficiency and ease of having more room. Maybe not interference and having some big behemoth on defense coming to, to take your guy down, but a little bit more room, and if you had a, you know, some flight of foot, you could get by those guys possibly. Now, the NFL also adopted a proposal that would uh, we really appreciate today. I don't know what we'd do without it. It was the, the idea to hold an annual draft of college players to begin in 1936, with teams selecting an inverse order of finish from the previous season. Now, this thought was the brainchild of Philadelphia Eagles franchise owner, Burt Bell. Now, if you remember back, we had an interview with his son, Upton Bell, and Upton talks about this uh, just a little bit in the segment that we talked to him about. Arthur Daly of the New York Times said that was Burt Bell's legacy, that he founded the draft, saved the NFL when, when most of the teams were going to go under. And, and uh, basically, here we have it today, where thousands of people attend the NFL draft. It's publicized by the NFL Network. And I guarantee you, until I did a piece for them about four years ago, nobody knows that Burt Bell was the one that made it all possible. Because I can tell you, at that time, the Giants and the Bears and occasionally Green Bay dominated football and all the other teams, like the Steelers, like the Eagles, like the, the Boston, at that time, Redskins, they, they were about to go out of business. And he said, we're only as strong as our weakest link. And he convinced the owners in 1935 to go to a draft. Every league today, every league has a draft. What he did is he not only saved the NFL, but he set the future. But he had a mind that was, Darren, so far in advance of everybody else that wow. he saw television as a savior of pro football. But you, when you look at it, the NFL draft, now, there were some other rule changes, uh, maybe not as uh, clear and clarified and prominent as we know today. This is from a December 11th, 1934 newspaper article uh, talking about the pro game. And they, one of the rules declared that all fumbles are free balls except those resulting from either kicks or forward pass or lateral passes. And another, you know, we talked about the widening of the hash marks a little bit. And, uh, you know, just uh, some things. But the fumble, I guess, is kind of a big one because it wasn't always a free ball. But it's interesting that they say that back then that a lateral was not a fumble. Now, a lateral meaning parallel to the line of scrimmage or backwards. You know, we associate it now with a, a backwards pitch. That wasn't a fumble at that time, apparently, according to this newspaper article. Maybe the newspaper was incorrect 
but uh, be kind of foreign today if we saw a quarterback pitching out to a, a back that was behind him and uh, he missed it and the ball was laying on the ground and they didn't uh, let the defense recover. It'd be kind of strange there. But stranger things have happened in the rules of football. Now, the season of the NFL in 1935 was also pretty interesting. The plan up for the year before the season started was for each of the franchises to complete a 12-game regular season schedule against other NFL opponents. Now, this is a pretty big step because up until that point, they had never done that. There was no set amount so that everybody played the same amount of games that were scheduled. It was sort of, you know, you'd see some of those records. Some teams would play 13, some would play 16, some would play 7. You know, you never knew what you were going to get. But this was the first time that at least it was pre-scheduled to be uniform so everybody's playing the same amount of games to make it, you know, know who's in the standings. You know, by the way, they had the, you know, the championships games going on now for a few years. And you want to even out the playing field, make it fair for everybody. Everybody plays, you know same kind of schedule the best that they can with the nine teams it's a little bit easier to do uh, however this was modified a little bit because there was a Redskins Eagles game that was scheduled to go out on November 17th but there was some pretty bad weather they had some rain some snow mixed in and it was a sloppy mess dangerous for for people even to go to the stadium let alone have folks go out there on a football field or trying to climb up in the stand so they end up uh, canceling that game so those two teams only played 11 but everybody else played 12 in the National Football League and it wasn't very pertinent because neither of those teams were in the running as we're going to see here in a second there was two divisions in football at the time the Eastern Division and the Western Division and the Eastern Division of the NFL uh, was to crown a winner and that, that the winner of you would vie in the season-ending NFL championship game. The Eastern Division came down to the Thanksgiving Day tilt at Ebbets Field in Brooklyn as the 5-4 and four Dodgers hosted the 6-3 and three Giants. Now, Brooklyn would win the, the uh, tied teams at the 6-4, and four, but New York won it 21-0, and it went on to uh, other victories in the remaining two games to win their division championship with a comfortable 9-3 and three record. Brooklyn was sort of set in the dust there. Now, the Western Division was a four-team race. The Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving Day, who would have thought, you know, them playing on Thanksgiving Day. Well, they knocked off the Chicago Bears by the score of 14-2. Meanwhile, the Chicago Cardinals defeated the Green Bay Packers in a close one, 9-7 was that score that contest. And it got even, you know, wider's. Uh, when we're and weirder when three days later on December 1st Detroit had to play again they dispatched Brooklyn 20 to nothing while the cards and the Bears finished in a seven all tie and with this win Detroit finished its season at 7-3-2 and, and eliminated the Packers and the Bears from contention while the Cardinals stood at 6-3-2 with another game left on their schedule against the Bears coming up on December 8th now the Cardinals they, they needed to win that game to stay in contention and force a playoff, you know, be exactly tied with the Lions, which would be kind of an interesting feature to have a, a playoff, play-in game for the championship game like we so, are so used to today. But they just had one postseason game, and that was a championship. However, the Bears were the spoilers. They won 13-0, and the Lions were the division champs. So the season ended with the Detroit Lions playing the New York Giants. 
and the Lions won that game 26-7 in the NFL championship game and a pretty interesting one that uh, it came down to. Now the final standings were the New York Giants 9-3, the Brooklyn Dodgers 5-6-1, the Pittsburgh Pirates, who would later become the Steelers a few years later, 4-8, Boston Red Sox, uh, Redskins at 2-8, and Philadelphia Eagles 2-9, and the Detroit Lions had a 7-3-2 record, Packers were 8-4, uh, six and four and two Chicago Bears and Cardinals six four and two as well. So pretty close one over there in the West. The East was a little bit more uh, stretched out with uh, had some strong teams and some weaker teams. But the Detroit Lions were those uh, National Football League champions in 1935. So boy, we are so glad that you were able to join us here for this little bit of history. Football History Rewind series, we try to have it a couple times a month. We go year by year covering every aspect that we can of the college in the professional game and just bringing that football history in a year-by-year style to you. Uh, We've done 77 of them so far, and we get some good responses. So we thank you for that. Thank you for your feedback. If you'd like to leave some feedback on today's episode or any other episode, just let us know what you're, you're leaving the feedback on. We'd love to hear from you. We answer each and every email. It's pigskindispatch at gmail.com. A uh, great way to contact us and follow us on Twitter and Facebook. We are at Pigskin Dispatch. Till tomorrow, everybody, have a great gridiron day. Peeking up at the clock, the time's running down. We're going to go into victory formation, take a knee, and let this baby run out. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you back tomorrow for the next podcast. We invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleet Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, football fans. This is Ross, the host of the Pigskin Tales podcast. I just need a few moments of your time to talk about the host of the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, Darren Hayes. He's expanded the pig pen to search out information on the history of all team sports. It's a quest to find out about the competitors, teams, and places chronicled throughout athletic history through the uniforms and gear the participants used and wore. And he is taking you, the listener, with him on this educational journey to preserve sports history on the Sports Jersey Dispatch, found here on the Sports History Network. His newest podcast, called Jersey Dispatch, is all based on the jerseys that all the greats used to wear. You can find Darren Hayes and the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, as well as Jersey Dispatch, on your favorite podcast provider multiple times each week. So remember that, Darren Hayes, the host of the Pigskin Dispatch and Jersey Dispatch podcasts. It's found right here on the Sports History Network.